Welcome back to another episode of the Crossroads Forum. I'm your host and BIC Executive Director, Brian Gould. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking the latest on state and federal politics with our guest, Mike O'Brien. Mike is the president of 1816 Inc., uh, does some government affairs work for Indiana Constructors, and uh, is considered by many what we would call a political insider. Uh, so that's why we asked Mike to join us today. We're going to be talking state, federal politics, what's going on. We've got an election coming up. Uh, a lot of things starting to move uh, and the wheels are starting to turn. So, Mike, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great. So uh, big news last week. Uh, a lot of us were waiting all summer to hear what was going to come of this. Um, Speaker Houston announced that Representative Jeff Thompson uh, was going to be the new House Ways and Means Chair. Uh, there was a lot of speculation. I heard at least a dozen names uh, that were rumored uh, who might be uh, taking over that vacancy. Uh, so, Mike, what are your thoughts on Representative Thompson, the speaker's process, just kind of where things are at and, and how he'll do his Ways and Means chair? Yeah, so I mean, guys like us were waiting all summer, and then we guys like us all got it wrong. So, yeah, which right. <laughs> is normally how that goes. Yeah. Um, right. What do you think? You're an expert. Uh, no, Jeff's a, Jeff's a great pick. He's uh, it, it's a it's a pick for continuity and stability. I think he's um, you know to the extent that people think it was a surprise pick should know that Jeff's office has been next to the Ways and Means Chairman's office for um, for years for as long right. as I can remember. Um, you know, so he's he's got to move about ten feet into a new office. So it's not it's not that shocking if you you know if you if you kind of know how he has fit into that budget making process in the past. Um, longtime legislator. His father was a legislator. He's kind of an institution. I was Hendricks County Republican Party chairman uh, for about a decade. Um, and he's from Hendricks County from the west side of Indianapolis, but he's from the rural part of Hendricks County. So he comes from very much an agricultural community, a uh, small town um, in Lisden, uh, Northwest Hendricks. Uh, so really kind of brings like a, a really pragmatic kind of perspective to, to yes. things. And, and on ways and means over the years, he's been very much a behind the scenes guy. Um, he's not, he's, he's not a real fiery, like you're not going to see him pounding the podium at the, you know, at the yeah. microphone. Uh, but he's, he's the guy who's written the school funding formula, which is 52, 53% of the state budget. Um, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's complicated, right? So he understands the most complex parts of the, of the state budget. So I think this is going to be a pretty smooth transition. I, I agree. I, I got to work with representative Thompson quite a bit in my previous role over at cities and towns. He did a lot of work on local income tax issues, ta uh, you know, business, personal property tax, annexation. So, um, you know, I was, uh, like you, also very surprised, one of those names I had not heard. Um, but I will say Representative Thompson, a very thoughtful, policy-driven legislator who um, is able to look at an issue and understand second, third level effects of what that mm -hmm. might do, um, which is something perhaps not many in the state house have the ability to do, so. We had a meeting with him last Friday. We kind of lucked out. We hit the lottery. We already had a meeting on the books with him before the announcement was made. So yeah. we were one of the first few in to talk to him. Um, and he's a, a, a strong advocate for the road and bridge industry. Uh, he was talking quite a bit about House Enrolled Act 1002 and how he was really helping push the caucus to move in that direction. And we needed long-term, stable, adequate funding for roads. Uh, and I was even impressed to hear him say he had been looking at some recent reports about how Indiana is in the top three in the nation for states that ensure taxes and fees collected from motorists go to our roadways. So glad yeah, to see he's a big advocate for that. Back in, yeah, yeah, several years ago he was a he was a big deal for the to 
move away from diversion uh, from from road funding. He was he was a champion for that several years yeah. ago when we did that. So uh, we got a big date coming up in about a month, and actually in a couple of weeks, voters will start to uh, get out there and start casting some early votes. Uh, we've got a general election. Uh, there are a handful of competitive House and Senate races here uh, in Indiana. Um, what are some of those races that are out there? Any in particular that we should be watching? Any of concern for uh, the Republicans? Yeah, on the Senate side, from just we'll cover the incumbents first. Um, Kyle Walker's the top tier guy, right? It's Lawrence, Northeast, Marion County, Fishers, um, marginal district anyway, but he's exactly the right guy uh, to hold that seat. If Republicans can hold that seat, he's exactly the right guy who can hold it and win it. Um, very moderate guy. He was um, very outspoken on moderation during the, during the abortion debate, um, which is, right. you know, it, it reflects his district, but, you know, he has the added benefit of actually believing what he said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a tough race, but he's, he's an old political guy, um, kind of like me, former county chairman, ran a lot of campaigns, knows exactly how to do it. So if he can't win it, nobody can, but that's the top, top race and, and um, the most expensive one. A couple ones, a couple races around the state that um, just recently popped up. One's Linda Rogers up north. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a in her, in her second or running for her second term? Um, great, great senator. She was she's been a leader on education issues and other other matters. Um, great businesswoman, just in her own right and in private life. Uh, but she, uh, we're hearing that 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 race is, is kind of marginal, so they're starting to put some or have been putting resources into that. And then the one that popped up recently, which is alarming, um, is Chris Garten down in Southeast uh, Indiana. And I talked to him the other day. He said it's closer than it should be, but he's feeling pretty good about it. Um, but it's, but he said it's close. And and one of the, one of the, of course he was just appointed majority leader in that, in that kind of shuffling of leadership coming out of the special session. Um, and he said, one of the issues that's, that's hitting him, which is interesting to me is he's in that Louisville, um, media market. Right. And Kentucky has a, has an abortion constitutional amendment, um, on the ballot. And so there's a lot of, so that is a, whereas in Indiana, we had a lot of attention on abortion for a few weeks during the special right. session. It's kind of subsided, except where it's being used in mail and, and maybe ads here and there. Yeah. Um, there's like a massive media campaign for this constitutional amendment um, okay. in Kentucky right now. And so, of course, that just blows back into, you know, people right. in Jeffersonville and, you know, uh, those counties down there are seeing that. And, and whether they know it or not, it's it's having an, having an impact on that that race right. down there. But again, I talked to Chris last week. He said he said he's feeling pretty good. Okay. Um, on the house side, uh, there's, there's a few top, there's a few top tiers and they're mostly Republicans. Dale Devon up North, um, Jake Teshka up North as well. He's a relatively new legislator, really smart young guy, um, has really made a mark for himself just in like, you know, having been, being here for just a year or two, right. Um, right. But he's in a tough, he's in a tough district in you know, it's St. Joe County, that South Bend area. Uh, which is hard for Republicans anyway. I always put Hal Slager on the list because yep. North, Northwest Indiana, um, you know, he's been I in and out, in and out. Yep. Uh, but, uh, and then Julie Oltoff in Northwest Indiana too is um, an incumbent legislator, but that's been, a, that's another Northwest Indiana seat that is um, cycled in the off year. Uh, right. The Democrats can kind of catch that. They don't catch it in the presidential year, but they, or the gubernatorial year, but they can win it in the, in the off year. Um, and then in central Indiana, Jerry Torr is on that list. Uh, Chris Jeter was on that list from Fishers. Jerry's from Carmel. Chris is from Fishers, you know, purple kind of theoretically right, suburban, right. you know, uh, districts. And then on the Democrat side, Terry Austin, um, 
is in a tough race against uh, Kyle Pierce up in up in Anderson. Yeah. Gotcha. So what about, you know, we had a, uh, oh gosh, I don't know the exact number anymore, but I think it was 13, maybe 17, somewhere in there, uh, just vacant mm-hmm. seats, non-incumbent legislators. Um, we've met with a handful of those that we are, we feel fairly confident will be coming into office in January, but uh, of those other seats that are out there, um, any specific races to be watching? Yeah, there's a few, uh, or there's, there's only a couple, actually. Most of them are, are these are safe seats. The races were in the primary. Um, the House Republican Campaign Committee in, in the open seats kind of took a new, um, a new approach. One, they proactively and very aggressively defended their um, existing caucus members and their incumbents who were facing uh, primaries. But they also got involved in open seats where there was maybe an extreme right candidate and, right. and a better option for them. Um, and so they did get involved in, in some of those and with mixed results on that part. They were overwhelmingly successful in defending the incumbents in the primary. Right. On the open seat side, it was kind of a mixed bag. Um, and so we'll see, we'll see. But going into the general election, there's not, there's not a ton. Um, Fred Glynn is kind of at the top of that list. That's the Hamilton County mm-hmm. seat. He, he right. won that Very seat cool. by, by like what, six votes or four yeah, votes. Yeah, right, a handful. Um, and he's catching, you know, it, Hamilton County is the place if there's a place in Indiana where the abortion debate is having a, a tangible impact on the, on races it's it's Southern okay. Hamilton County right uh, which which is no should be no surprise to anybody so Fred Clinton's yeah. in that kind of top tier of competitive seats one interesting one for me is that the new there's a new house district in Northern Hendricks and Southern Boone mm-hmm. County so kind of Browns Northern Brownsburg Southern Zionsville right um uh, Matt Whetstone, my former partner and former state rep, ran in that that open open seat, uh, and but Becky Cash won, who is an extreme right candidate, yeah. um, is running on bringing more abortion restrictions. Uh, believes contraceptives or abortion are or are the equivalent of an abortion, um, and so she, so Jen Jen Bass Patino, her who's the Democrat running in that race, has caught a lot of kind of institutional Republican support out of Boone County and out of Brownsburg. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that are traditionally Republican operatives in those areas are helping, are helping Jen. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so that's, those are the kind of dynamics we're, we're seeing. I don't know if that'll right, be competitive right. or not, um, but Jen's getting a lot of, a lot of support um, yeah. in that part of the state. On the gotcha. Senate side, Scott Alexander, I think is probably mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the, the top tier of the open seats. Uh, he's uh, running against Melanie. Um, right. Uh, Melanie Wright, yeah, is a former uh, former state rep, uh, former Democrat state rep, and so that's one to watch there. Uh, up in Lake County, um, there's a congr- we'll talk about federal in a minute, but there's a congressional a, a competitive and big money congressional campaign going on there. Michael Griffin is a Democrat um, mm-hmm. incumbent who replaced Frank Moran Sr. Uh, during okay. session. Uh, he's running against Dan Darnell, who's the former. Uh, Lake County Republican chairman up there and so okay. I actually talked to Michael the other day he's, he's a great guy actually he's like yeah I'm a Republican opera but he's a good he's a really good dude he's um uh really smart really smart guy like um, he'll, yeah. he'll tell you right out of you know out of the gate that he's a giant nerd oh yeah uh, and he's just been a numbers guy his whole life right he was clerk yeah. treasurer forever ran for treasurer and that's just kind of where he um, where he's at uh, Dan's a good guy. We were chairman together. Um, and that's, so that's kind of a competitive race and that's being driven a little bit by it's being impacted by that congressional uh, race up there. 
Gotcha. And, uh, gotcha. But I think that on the on the Senate side, it's pretty quiet. Uh, yeah. In the in the open seats. Yeah. Well, and to that, so we've got super majorities in House and Senate right now. Senate, I, I saw a few weeks back, the Senate will remain a super majority before we even cast a single vote next month. Yeah, but sure. House uh, looks that way, but who knows? Um, but even given, you know, kind of where the caucuses are at right now, do you expect to see a shift one way or the other, more conservative, less conservative, or kind of stay about where we're at? I could see it becoming more conservative, particularly you know, this is why we have the election, you know, some of this stuff could be, mm -hmm. some of these races could be a coin flip. Um, right. And, and there are the areas that are, the areas where there are races that are, that are kind of dragging for Republicans are moderate seats, right? Yeah. So you're going to lose. So if you lose your moderate voices or a handful of them, of right. course that has an impact. Um, yep. and, and you, and you add to it, you know, a Becky cash or like somebody who's like you know, some, some extreme right, um, yeah, legislator. Then of course it's gonna it's gonna shift the debate in public and be, and especially behind closed doors. So, I, my guess is we keep the supermajority certainly in the Senate, like you said. Um, but there's a path where the House gets tighter. Yeah, gotcha. So let's talk uh, federal politics for a minute here. A um, couple of congressional races you already mentioned up in Northwest Indiana. Um, there's a competitive race up there. Uh, we've also got uh, former state Senator Aaron Houchin, who has won the primary in South uh, East Indiana, running uh, down to that congressional district. And then after the passing of uh, Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, we have Rudy Yakum as a, a new candidate up in North Central Indiana. So what are you kind of looking at those races? Are they pretty much solid? Um, is Congressional District 1 going to be a little bit of a race to watch, perhaps? The fact that anyone's the, the national <laughs> the national groups are putting money into it tells you it's is they must be seeing that it's competitive i mean the democrats have yeah. to go in and defend northwest indiana that's that's remarkable yeah right um so yeah i mean that, that, that's that's really the only one the only one to watch uh yeah. rudy yakum being you know that was uh from a just a timing standpoint you know of course it was a tragedy that that jackie um passed in, a, in, in that car accident but uh you know procedurally how that worked is Rudy's had to run, you have to kind of run multiple elections at the yeah. same time. You got to run to fulfill the seat and run to replace on the ballot. Right. Um, and so Rudy was the right pick in that, in that race. Great guy, pragmatic guy, moderate. He's, he's perfect for that district. Business guy, that's the, the angle, he, you know, that's the perspective he'll right. come from. Right. Um, and then, yeah, Aaron Ouch in the most like bizarre set of circumstances down there with, <laughs> yes, you know, with, absolutely. Uh, with Harry Byrne and, uh, Kevin Bainline and that whole, mm -hmm. that whole scenario where, you know, from a lobbyist standpoint, and I know you appreciate this as much as, yeah. as much as I do, it's like, it, it was hard to figure out who to support down there. Right. Kept, yeah, absolutely. Winning and losing and resigning. And it was, yeah. this, you know, musical chairs for four months that nobody could get their arms around. And then Trey Hollingsworth decides not to, not to run again. And yeah. so Aaron Houchin's out. Yeah. Um, right. And so that was a, that's been a heck of a, musical chairs exercise down down there at the uh, u.s senate level i think todd young's gonna be fine um tom mcdermott who's a wild man i've known him for years um, you yep. know a lake county guy yeah he, uh, he pushed out this poll where it's got him in the in the margin of error but yeah. no one really believed <laughs> i don't i don't really believe any you know it's, it's kind of a like, yeah it's kind of a tom mcdermott thing to do to say to say yeah. the least so um, so, you know, history tells if we look back in non-presidential election years, Republic or the party not with the presidency is likely to take back Congress. So it seems that's going to be the case. 
Earlier this year, Republicans thought they'd have a pretty strong major or strong majority. Now it looks like it might be a little closer, but what are your thoughts on the Senate? Uh, we were out there last week, talked to Senator Young and Braun. Both seem to think it could stay exactly like it is, or it may swing maybe 52-48, and that could go either way, Republican or Democrat. Um, what are you thinking? I'm, th I'm thinking we can't get out, out of our own way. We've got a president <laughs> in the you know, in the 30s in approval rating, a yeah. Congress that's lower than that. And history, of course, like you said, tells us that the party that's out of power in the, in the midterm election almost always wins with very little exception. Like 9-11 was like the last yeah. time that happened. Right. Um, and the fact that it's, it's this competitive or we're talking about tight majorities in the House or maybe a one-seat majority in the Senate, I think has more to do with how poorly Republicans are doing this year <laughs> on a number of issues. Yeah. The biggest knock on the Senate side is the candidate recruitment. Um, Herschel Walker can't get out of his own way in Georgia. You got Dr. Oz who can't stop putting his foot in his mouth. Um, there's a fight between McConnell and Rick Scott who are, who's, who Rick Scott's running um, Senate majority campaigns this time. And, and we, it just seems like we can't, when, 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 the, when, when President Biden has a bad day, it's like, just give us a minute. We'll steal the news cycle with something more absurd. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Uh, yep. you know, so so that we're talking about, it could be competitive is, is historically notable anyway. Right. And I think a reflection on the time we're in certainly and how closely divided the country is. But, um, yeah. you know, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Right. So, so last thing we're going to wrap up with here is, uh, you know, I think probably the day after the November 8th election, uh, all the focus is going to shift to the governor's race in Indiana. And there's already been some chatter about that. Governor Holcomb is term limited, so he's he's going to have to leave the office. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Crouch, I think everyone kind of knows she's already in and would expect an announcement later this year. Eric Godin from North uh, East Indiana has already said he's in uh, and doing a lot of work. News broke last week that Senator Braun is Strongly, strongly looking at it and expected to announce in November. You mentioned uh, Congressman Hollingsworth, who said he's not running for re-election, and he's also looking at the governor's race. Um, so what can we look at? What are your thoughts going into the end of this year and, and where things may go with the governor's race? And then maybe even what's the domino effect? You know, we, we heard last week when Senator Braun uh, is apparently in that Congresswoman Spart said, well, if he, if he leaves the Senate, I'm running for Senate. Um, so what, what are things looking like on the governor's side? And then you got Mitch Daniels kind of sitting in the wings. Right, yeah. You know, forgot the, my name, Mitch. Yeah. It, it kind of freezes, it kind of freezes everybody. It puts a kind of a chilling effect on it. Um, you know, and if you're Eric Doden or some of these, you know, Eric Doden or Suzanne Crouch who are kind of actively campaigning for this, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a question you got to have answered, you know, what, what is Mitch doing? Cause it's, it's a field clearing exercise or, right, right. or does he, or does he get in and which is what I kind of prefer does he get in as kind of like the senior statesman of the party and help mm -hmm. make sure that this isn't just a dumpster fire of, right. you know, an exercise in burning down $20 million in cash, trying to, you know, <laughs> yeah. win, a, win a gubernatorial primary. Right. Um, I, I've, I've, people, people, a lot of people have asked me, cause I, I was part of like a bit, very close to Pence and Holcomb in 2016 when all of that was going on. Right. So I've kind of half joked that if you would, if you would ask me to predict 2016 and 2014, I would have literally gotten everything wrong. 
I would have gotten zero things right. I would not have predicted yeah, the other lieutenant right. governor stepped down or Eric Holcomb leaves the U.S. Yeah. Senate race and becomes lieutenant governor. And then three months later, he's running for governor. Mike Pence yeah. is vice president, you know, or Donald Trump's the presidential candidate, right? Yeah, right. So right. it's really it's it's really hard to like game this out too much. You just try you, you yeah. kind of like look at who are the players. Um, yeah. And they, it's it's really hard. Typically, protocol dictates you wait till you're in cycle, right? Which could yeah, be 1201 right. AM on November 9th, right? right, which, right. which is likely what it'll be. But what get, what's what's tough, if you're in this top five list of people, if you see one of the other ones going, now you feel like you gotta go. Yeah. You can't, right. you can't wait for November 9th because no. if you're the candidate, knowing how candidates think, you're losing ground every day, yes. right. you know, or you're losing an endorsement or you'd missed a county chairman that otherwise would have endorsed you, but Eric Doden asked him first, you know? So it, it start, it'll unravel rapidly. Yeah, because um, everyone's going to want to be the first one in. Um, and so you'll see those dominoes start falling pretty fast. And, and like Sparks, who's on the ballot, can't help herself, but yeah, he's on the right. ballot for Congress, can't help but say I'm running for the U.S. Senate, which is like yeah. pretty unusual. Right. Um, you know, but it's hard to it's hard to sit still when all those dominoes start falling if you want to be in that mix. Yeah. So I think we'll see it pretty fast after November 9th when people have to start making real decisions about what they're doing. And and that's and when you're in the cycle, it really does feel like the clock's ticking on you. Yeah. And every day is a lost day. If you're planning to run and you're not running yet. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we're going to have to wait very long to see what see what this exactly. feels like. Well, uh, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Definitely uh, a couple of interesting weeks and, and perhaps months coming up here in Indiana politics for sure. Um, but again, thanks, Mike O'Brien, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Hey, you got it. Thanks.